Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday morning. This is Alex Fuse, and you are listening to the first edition of the brand new Alex Fuse Show here live on all podcasting platforms. It is so great to be back with you all this morning and bringing you all of your news that you need to get through today. It's a crazy day for sports, it's a crazy week for sports, and you could probably say it's a crazy month for sports. Tuesday Night Football, which if you would have told me that a year ago, I would have said you're crazy that we would get Tuesday Night Football, but here we are. We've been having postseason baseball almost every single day for the last two and a half weeks now, and it's so great to just have the excitement of sports back in our lives in the most unprecedented year. But again, appreciate all of your support, and just to give you a brief rundown of what to expect from this show, I don't know really what to expect yet, (laughs) really. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a different experience for all of you. I think it will be mostly opinion-based, but also story-based in a way. It will hopefully provide some form of context for you on information that you can bring into daily conversations. It's a quick update. They're going to be 25, 30 minutes, maybe longer episodes um, or shorter even in general, what to expect from this show. I think you can expect the major storylines. What is happening right now? If you are a sports fan, pop culture, if there's something major out there, we'll talk about it. So you all know what is going on in this world. That's what to expect. But we're going to have people on interviews with people, like I said in the promo, interviews with people you all care about, interviews with people you might not really know, interviews with my friends that might give it a different or hot sports take. But will be entertaining about it. So this is what you can get here. It's five days a week at 9 a.m. every morning. It will get put out on all podcasting platforms. So at 9 a.m., you can go to any podcasting platforms. And again, it's I think that's the exciting part about this is that it gives you what you need to get through today. Again, it's always great to be with you and getting my thoughts out there in the world. I appreciate all of these supports, especially these last few months. It hasn't been easy, that's for sure. But again, I appreciate all of these support. Uh, You know, it means the world to me. And I'm excited to be with all of you this morning here doing the Alex View Show once again. It's been a while since I've done this radio show format of of this. And it's been since March 8th since I last did this. That's a long time. Um, Over seven months. So let's see if I still got it. We got a lot to get to today. Postseason baseball, we'll get into a little NFL talk. Not too much today, though, because we got two more big postseason games tonight. Game five in the Astros and Rays series, and then game four with Clayton Kershaw on the mound back from his back spasms that he went through. That's why he didn't pitch two nights ago. But he's back tonight. He pitched a, as Ken Rosenthal said, quote, a very aggressive bullpen, very nothing major, will be on the mound, ready to go tonight for game four, and it's a major game four. We'll get into that a little bit later. But again, I appreciate all of you listening and following along with this journey of the brand new Alex Fuse show. It's going to be an exciting ride, and stick with us. Next week, by the way, I guess we'll tease into next week, uh, Tim Brando will be on the show next week, Fox Sports College football and basketball broadcast. He's awesome. I love Tim. Tim's a great friend of the show. Always willing to hop on. So I don't want to spoil anything else for next week. Next week, it's going to be cool. Next week, we're going to have a lot of fun on this show. But Tim Brando next week. So stick with us. We'll go right into the Tampa Bay Rays and Astros series 
right now. The Rays defensively, you can't stop them. Uh, Danny Vietti, who we've had on uh, before, a good friend of the show, he had a great meme that he posted on Twitter that basically lined up the Rays defensively double. That's how they play, and they're just such an exciting team. Talk about Hein Bloom. If the Rays win the World Series this year, imagine. That's one thing. I guess the Red Sox lucked out with getting Hein Bloom in Boston as their GM this past offseason. But if the Rays do win a World Series, like, Heim doesn't get a ring, to my knowledge. He doesn't get one. But he should, because he was such a huge part of this 2020 successful Rays team. I mean, they've been successful the last few years. They've been on the brink of getting through and making the World Series, but they're playing the Houston Astros, and if you're the Astros, you have to be playing with a chip on your shoulder. The history, that's what they showed last night. They showed grit, they showed competitiveness, and that's what the Astros are all about. Well, I just mentioned grit and competitiveness And that's what the Astros are going to need if they want to continue this series. They trail 3-1. They were down 3-0 in the series. But because of George Springer and Jose Altuve, the Astros were able to just get by against the Tampa Bay Rays on Monday. Besides the whole Astros scandal that we went through before this season, quote-unquote, season began, which feels just like 10 years ago, the last team that fell behind 3-0 in a series in the American League Championship and came back and won were the Boston Red Sox in 2004. Now, you look at the Astros of 2020 and you try to compare them to the 2004 Red Sox World Series team, they're not comparable. So, it's going to be challenging for the Astros to look at that and then how do you come back from that? How do you come back 3 nothing when the last team that won in that scenario were the Boston Red Sox in the American League Championship Series? Are they championship caliber team? Do they have enough pitching? And pitching in this day and age in baseball is how you win World Series. The Kansas City Royals started that back in 2014 with the bullpen that they had, with the starters that they had. That's how they won the World Series. Also, the timely hits, sure, and small ball baseball, that's how the Royals won it in 2014 but you look at the Royals team that year that was the first year in baseball that we saw the effect at the highest level at the in the most important game of the year of the utilizing the bullpen in the way that now almost every team has to and that's how the Rays got to where they are today that's why the Rays are so good because every single move Kevin Cash makes out of that bullpen they're lights out you can't get you can't just get anything off off the bullpen and the Rays bullpen is incredible I, I mean when you look at it in the sense that they just shut down the Yankee offense and the Yankee offense is pretty deadly when you see guys like Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stan DJ LeMayhew it's a struggle to find your way and navigate your way through the depth of the Yankee lineup but every single move Kevin Cash made and it was spot on and now they're they're navigating their way through another 
lineup that is not easy, the Houston Astros. But last night, for the first time in the series, the Astros were competitive at the plate. They were able to score some runs, but also their pitching was able to keep the Tampa Bay Rays at bay. Beating the Tampa Bay Rays three more times to reach the World Series won't be easy, but the Astros do think they can do it. Jose Altuve said after Monday night's game, we are very motivated. We know the team we have, and yes, we want to be the second team coming back behind 0-3, and that team being the Boston Red Sox. Big league clubs leading 3-0 in a best-of-seven game post-series are 37-1, the only one to rally in an 0-3 deficit were the 2004 Red Sox, who beat the New York Yankees in the ALCS and went on to win their first World Series championship and 86 seasons. So the Astros don't have, <laughs> I guess you could say, the the statistics to back it up that this is going to be easy. No one said it was going to be easy. But if anyone were to do it, I guess in the most unprecedented year that we've all been living in, right, the year 2020, why not? <laughs> why not? And who knows? I kept saying, I kind of want to see a Dodgers-Astros 2020 World Series. Like, imagine you look at it. If you would have told me this back in late January, early February, if you would have sat down and said, Alex, you know, we're going to go through a pandemic. We're going to shut down all sports, everything, for three and a half months, basically. We're going to stop spring training halfway through. We're going to call off the NBA season. The NBA season is going to go over a year now in terms of just how the season went. We're going to say there's only going to be a 60-game MLB season. We're going to expand the playoffs. Mind you, if Major League Baseball did not expand the playoffs, the Houston Nationals would not be in the playoffs right now. Neither would the Yankees. You look at this and you say, Alex, in the most unprecedented year, the most overused term of all time, the Houston Astros, who were caught cheating, are now in the World Series going up against a team that they cheated against back in 2017 to win their first World Series championship in X amount of years. I would say that's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely out of your mind. But here we are. But there's a chance that could, it could still happen. But again, odds are against the Houston Astros right now. Again, teams with a 3-0 lead in some point in time in a best of seven game postseason series are 37-1. and So the odds are stacked up against the Houston Astros. But again, let me reiterate this to you all listening to this right now. If anyone can do it, <laughs> it is going to be the Houston Astros. Why? Because, well, if you haven't learned anything in 2020, you can't really predict anything anymore. So, who knows what's going to happen. Game 5 of this series is tonight. We'll see what the Astros can do. The pitching of the Rays are going to be tough to navigate. And I think the Astros know that. I think they should. They've dominated pretty much in all four games so far. Is this the night that the Rays are going to end this dream season of the Houston Astros? A season that, again, they would not be playing in the postseason right now if not for the expanded playoffs. Or will the Houston Astros want to play 
game six tomorrow night. If you haven't known this about me, is that I actually host another podcast alongside Ben Seiler, a pitcher here at Siena College. And I've known Ben for over six years now. And we started it back in late August, early September. And we had Jeff Levering on the podcast this past week. Play-by-play voice of the Milwaukee Brewers. Here's a quick fast five quick round that we did with Jeff. I hope you enjoy. And again, you can find a whole new ball game on all podcasting platforms if you enjoy it. So again, here's the fast five quick round with Jeff Levering, play-by-play voice of the Milwaukee Brewers. Jeff, this is our favorite part of the interview. It's a fast five quick round. It's five quick questions, and you have however long to take to answer them. I know you love this stuff. Are you ready? I do. Yes, yes. Fire away. Let's go. All right. So now I know you really like these. So I'm going to make it a little challenging for you. So I'm going to start it off with, I think, probably the most difficult question I ever asked people in this round. So hopefully you're ready for this one. Um, What is one question you've never been asked before that you've always wanted to have been asked in an interview? Holy cow. That's it's like you're digging for more information. (laughs) Uh Nobody has ever asked me if I was in a talent show in first grade. What was your talent show in first grade? What was your talent? Uh, I did stand-up comedy as a first grader. Wow. Yeah, I did I did impressions. Um, I did Beetlejuice. Like, this is how old I am. This was, this was cutting-edge stuff. I did impressions of Beetlejuice, the original Batman with Michael Keaton and, uh, and Jack Nicholson. Uh, I told some bad jokes. Oh, here, here I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you a joke. Um, this is a joke I told. I, I can't believe I remember this from first grade, like thirty years ago. Um, uh, why does John Elway's mom serve him soup in a plate? Why? Because if it was in a bowl, he'd probably lose it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the that's before they won two Super Bowls. You guys weren't even alive then. <laughs> Right? Were you guys born in 97 or 98? I was born right. in 2000. I'm a 2000. Yeah, right. Right. So you know nothing about John Elway losing all these Super Bowls. No. Well, we, we've heard about it, but. Right, exactly. I lived from you, through some of that. From you. We just right. heard about it. Right. Now you know. John Elway lost a lot of Super Bowls. <laughs> all right. Number two, if you could go back and call any Major League Baseball game in the history of, of the sport, which game would it be and why? Um, game seven, 2001 world series. Was that the Marlins? That was no, that was diamondbacks Yankees. Diamondbacks mm. Yankees. Yeah. Right after September 11th, Luis Gonzalez broken bat single over Jeter's head off of Rivera. That's, I would probably call that one. Mm-hmm. The third one, who is one broadcast you've never worked with before that you want to work with besides Vince Scully. I mean, I work with a pretty iconic one right now. Why not? Um, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I would, I would, I would like working working a game with uh, with John Miller. Mm. Does it have to be a play by play guy or an analyst? Does it matter? No, no, you could choose anyone. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd like to do a game with with John Miller. I'd also like to do a game with Bill Walton, just to experience that that wildness you're not even i think that would be fun (laughs) (laughs) 
No, like, I would just be laughing. You'd just be I'd laughing. Just be laughing. <laughs> like Jason Benetti yeah. had had a really fun time with that one. That oh, was- man, that's why Benetti's the best. That's why he is the absolute best. And I'm, I'm so glad that I've known him as long as I've known him. We were in the International League together. Um, he was in Syracuse, I was Pawtucket. Got to know him there. It's just unbelievable. He's unbelievable. And the, to pull out what he got out of Bill Walton doing baseball, nobody's ever going to do that. All right, number four, you had the Twitter diaries over quarantine. What was your quarantine binge TV show or movie that you could not stop watching? We watched so much. What didn't we watch is the easier question. Or top three. Oh, gosh, what did we watch during quarantine? We watched everything. Man, I don't even remember. Again, we, we started with this like 10 minutes feels like 10 months ago. You're right. That like, beginning of quarantine watching TV feels like forever ago. I can't even tell you what we watched. That's I, I can't. I can't do it because we we've watched so much. Now we're going to get into um, the haunting of Bly Manor. I think we're going to start that tonight. We're doing it. Interesting. We're on it. Mark it yes, down. the sequel of Hill House from last year. And then Halloween. Jeff, it is. It's almost Halloween, which is crazy. I still feel like we're in March. Yeah. <laughs> I know. God, March never ended. It's March seven thousand four hundred twenty second. <laughs> Yeah. And then, Jeff, the last one for the Fast Five. I know you used to be a big baseball card collector. Now your son is kind of taking that back on. What is one baseball card you've never had in your life that you want to collect? Um, would the Honus Wagner just go for like three million bucks? That wouldn't be a bad one to have. No, I wouldn't be a bad one to have. Um, you know, I, I'd like a, uh, I'd like just a, a Willie Mays card. It doesn't have to be a rookie card. It doesn't have to be... Um, anything else? A, a Willie Mays card, clearly. I like Willie. Is that your favorite player of all time? Uh, yeah, I mean, I wish I would have seen him play. Um, he's like my favorite all-time like great player that I wish I could have seen play, but Will Clark was my guy growing up. I loved watching Will Clark play. Um, yeah. It, I liked watching Barry Bonds hit a bunch of home runs. Who doesn't? That's and then- a pretty good one. To wrap up today's show, we always like to talk about what national day is it today? And on October 15th, today is Global Hand Washing Day. Well, everyone, I think Global Hand Washing Day is a little more important than any other year. <laughs> I think you can make the argument, though, that hand washing, when washing your hands, is has always been important. But this year, in the midst of a, quote, as everyone likes to say, global pandemic, hand washing day is the most important day. And how can you celebrate today? Uh, they say, we do hope, quote, that hand washing is a regular practice that you now do every day. I hope so, anyways. But on October 15th, you should just put just a little more thought to it as it is It is um, hand washing day. Until COVID-19 happened, hand washing and its importance in helping prevent the spread of diseases is something that most of us probably never gave much thought to. But the global pandemic has really shown a light on the importance of hand washing, meaning this day now carries extra relevance, even though it has been around since 2008. Wow, 2008. 
so celebrating its 12th anniversary. That's a national holiday. Um, again, Global Hand Washing Day was founded by the Global Hand Washing Partnership. Oh boy, if I could have predicted that. As an opportunity to design and implement creative ways to encourage people to wash their hands with soap, especially during critical times, like right now. The first Global Hand Washing Day was held in 2008, and since then, the community as well as national leaders and influencers have used this national holiday to spread awareness about the value of clean hands. (laughs) You can't make this up. It really is a valuable message. Hand washing is such a simple practice, but it really can make all the difference and save lives. Global Hand Washing Day continues to grow. It's endorsed by schools, governments, international institutes, private companies, civil society organizations, and more. Wow, that's interesting. If you would have told me, yeah, there, there's a Global Hand Washing Day, I would have said you are crazy. But here we are. It's been around since 2008. Um, over two, over... Back in 2008, on the first Global Hand Washing Day, over 120 million children around the world washed their hands with soap in more than 70 countries. Well, I hope so. (laughs) I really hope so. The partnership, though, began in the 1980s. The Global Hand Washing Partnership created Global Hand Washing Day at World Water Week in Stockholm, Sweden. So I guess this whole hand washing uh, day or, or partnership began back in the 1980s. So here we are in 2020 with, as today, National National Hand Washing Day. Again, like I said, you can't make it up. Uh, but again, signing off for Jack and, and myself, Alex Fuse, I want to say thanks so much, everyone, for joining us on episode one. I hope you were enjoyed this listening experience. We'll be back with more tomorrow. Let's see what happens tonight. We got two major postseason games. If the Rays win tonight, they are moving on to the World Series. And Clayton Kershaw on the mound for the Dodgers, going up against the Braves. Can the Dodgers even this series 2-2, two and two, or are the Braves going to get just one more win closer to reaching the World Series to face either the Astros or the Tampa Bay Rays? But again, signing off for Jack, I'm Alex Fuse. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to celebrate Global Hand Washing Day. Have a great rest of your day, and I will be seeing you tomorrow.